Rolling. Renegades. Andre and I had this big idea. Nurses know how to solve shit. Renegades. Welcome to the Renegade podcast, a revolutionary approach to continuing education for nurses by nurses who are shining a light on the innovators, the creatives, the renegades who are blowing up the boxes that the rest of the world is still trying to think outside of. Today on the podcast, we have Mackenzie Young. We met Mackenzie through a mutual friend of ours, and we had her on what we call virtual coffee or discovery call or virtual chat, whatever. And it was funny because those calls are for finding out about our guests, but Kenzie wanted to know about integrative medicine. She opened up a can of worms and the entire conversation was about me and Karen. We were more than happy to oblige. (laughs) So anyways, Mackenzie is a nurse. She's been a nurse for seven years. Her specialty has been neuro and some cardiac, and we're just really happy to have you on the podcast, Mackenzie. And we would love for you to kind of give us a little bio about yourself if you want to start just so we can open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I started nursing my first job in 2015. I was working a neuro step down, which was pretty challenging. So I did that for about two and a half years. And then I've been travel nursing ever since. So it's been like four and a half years that I've been on the go. I've done mostly cardiac when I've been traveling, but now I'm living in Portland, Maine, and I'm back to neurotrauma, which I love. It had been a while since I'd been working with the brain and I missed it. I love it. I've also at like 10 facilities. So it's been really nice to see all over the country, how each hospital does their things. I love Western medicine. A couple of years ago is when I started to get into integrative medicine and looking at the whole body. And I do love my job, but sometimes I don't always feel super fulfilled. Like, yeah. Um, what I would like to know and follow this question, <laughs> the 10 facilities you've been in, what characteristics, qualities, and do, you don't have to elaborate a lot, just like three things that pop out at you, for instance, leadership, staffing, pay. I mean, I, those probably aren't them, but you know, something like that. So three things that stood out to you about the best and three things that you think made it the worst. What was it that made you finally go, okay, I got to do something else that made you reach out to Entra and I the first time, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of taking you down the scale and out. (laughs) And really quick before you answer. Here's five more things. (laughs) No, no, it's not a question, but just it's interesting because we, we interviewed another nurse who was actually at six years and she said almost verbatim what you told us on our first call was, I feel like I'm just passing people through the system. Yeah. And I, you said that to me, to us in that call. And I was like, isn't that interesting that like almost verbatim. So yeah. that's a good question, Karen. I would say my most favorite is a facility in California. And what makes a good work environment for me is like a good manager, I guess, workers who are, you know, want to be there and you can tell they're happy and they're supported. I would also say the facility I work at now is amazing too. Like it's crazy how when you have people who really love their job and love the working environment, it's really all about the people. It can make or break your day. I made lifelong friends and I felt I wasn't drowning and on my own all the time. And the manager knew me by name and I knew all the charge nurses and 
to go back to like the worst facility was just so happened to be my very first assignment too. And I had only been a nurse about two and a half years. So I think now looking back, I probably maybe would have handled a little better now that I have a lot more experience, but it was a really heavy floor and a lot of really hard patients. But I mean, it was crazy. You'd go and ask someone if they needed help and they would be shocked that I was asking them. You'd be like, oh, are you sure? Or you'd ask a staff member for help and they would like give you a little bit of an attitude. And it was just like, you were on your own. You were, and you would just drown <laughs> some days. And so honestly, I would count it down the days till that assignment was. Since then, I've had such great experiences. So I needed that one bad assignment. Could have thrown in the towel then. Has I kept it, going, thank goodness. But has yeah. it changed over time? And since COVID, it seems my experience with travelers, we were a pretty supportive team, but they would get the cases nobody else wanted. They would get, yeah. you know, and and it's pre-COVID. And now I have such a shortage. I wonder if the management and the leadership has shifted a bit in terms of how they look at travelers. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it's just about the hospital you're at, because some of them are so grateful that you're there to help them and they want to include you and, and then other facilities just treat you as a number, which can be discouraging. And you just don't really get to know. There was one hospital where I was floated every single day. So I literally worked on every floor of that hospital. So it, it was really hard to feel appreciated and of a team and part of a herd. Yeah. Antra, isn't that funny that elephant baboon theme i mean you said so mackenzie we had somebody on our podcast friend of ours luke mathers and he was talking about different kinds of leadership and he metaphorized elephant leadership and baboon leadership because the elephant the matriarch of the herd is all about the herd and is everybody okay and no one gets left behind and it's we're all in this together and the baboon, because the baboon tribe is always led by the alpha male who's just out for himself. He gets fed first. He gets all the girls first. It's all him. And then eventually the other baboons tear him apart, literally, and they take him down. And then another one rises to the top. It's like every man for himself and we're all in this together. And I heard so obviously the place that you love to work the most was heard. You never yeah. felt alone. You never felt left behind in the place that you like the least. And I'm going to have you do some because I know you're smart. What is it about healthcare that's making you look for something more integrative, more shift for yourself? Is there something about that in and of itself that has heard versus baboon? Because what I saw was a team approach to people a multi-layered approach to people, an integrative approach to people rather than the baboon, this system, this thing, this one, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm making a stretch, but I'd love for you to kind of go with that. I'm trying yeah. to find my way to ask this question. Andre, you can help me out too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. When you asked that, Karen, I was once in the operating room and I had this patient and she was heavy. And we move patients from gurney to bed all the time. And during the surgery, the surgeon was bitching the entire time about administration. And so we were paying attention, obviously, to what we were doing. But in an OR, you're talking and you're, well, he was still bitching about administration when we were moving her. And he was moving her onto the 
bed. So he was on the gurney side, pushing her towards the bed. And I was on the other side of the bed and he pushed so fast that I almost lost my balance. And she almost rolled on top of me and then would have dropped on top of the boom, the step up I was on. And I barely caught my balance. But the thing that was interesting about that whole thing was if she had fallen, she would have probably, we probably would have killed her because it, sh- she was moving fast and, and there was, there was nothing soft to land on. And I, I, I felt responsible too. I was listening to him bitch and we're so used to doing what we do. And it occurred to me like, in terms of the herd kind of leadership, what would it have looked like had she fallen if the whole team had taken responsibility for that? The whole team, the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the nurse. All of us, not just the one person who made the mistake. And I still ponder, what would that look like? So I guess that was kind of an example, I think, of what Karen was sort of alluding to. That that idea of herd versus baboon, because if she had fallen, that would have been a baboon kind of leadership mistake. Yeah. And at the particular hospital I'm at now too, it's great teamwork. Cause I've been at hospitals where I feel like I can't really even have good relationships with the doctors. Cause you feel like they're so above you. I've had more patients here have just said how amazing their care is because they feel like everyone really works together. And I feel like I can go talk to any, any therapy person, anyone from any department, and they're going to hear me out. I think that's so important. And I think patients can really sense that and see that when, when everyone's working together, I just feel more calm and it feels so good for me as a nurse to be able to like, go talk to a doctor and feel like they are really listening and not get shut down or feel like stupid. Cause that tends, I'm sure you've all been through that. That happens all the time, all the time yeah. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Did I answer that? I, you actually made, you were getting closer. It, yes. You answered it. You answered it. And what you saw, because it could have been a really lame question, <laughs> but no, I, I don't know if we're killing this metaphor. When you think of like a member, like one of the elephants gets sick, the leader, the matriarch, the entire herd, they don't leave it. Even if it's dying, they don't leave it until it's done. If it's sick, they don't go forward until they figure out a way to bring it along. And the baboon thing, it's like, you okay? No? Okay, we're out of here. <laughs> it's like, here, take this pill. You'll be fine. Like, you know, we, we got to think of ourselves. There's only so much of us. Okay. Uh, we're Okay. We'll, we'll just, uh, we'll chop that off. We'll give you a new one. <laughs> you know, like I got to get back to me. So what's the quickest, most surgical strike thing I could do to get you back to at least able to follow mm-hmm. us and rather than, are you okay? Integrative approach to patient care. And what you were saying, Mackenzie, about the patients who said that their care, who complimented most or you know, gave testimony to, they felt so cared for is because the herd was around them rather than the doctor, you know, yeah, they're fine. Just do this. You know, just bare minimum, lowest common denominator of care so I can get back to me. Did you find patients did better in a facility where it was more herd-like? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's so obvious. (laughs) Thank you, Mackenzie, for inspiring us to talk more about what we think. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but I mean, I think that, that if she actually sees better patient outcomes from that kind of atmosphere, right? She's on the floor. You're the one that sees those patients that come out of surgery, that come out of traumatic brain surgery. And the ones that have that kind of collective group do better in your experience. Oh yeah. And especially getting back to neuro, it's like, I feel in that field as a nurse, you have to have some sort of passion for it. And with neuro, I loved about it too, is like, I could use looking back, everyone presents so differently. Say for example, if they're having a neuro change where I felt like when I first started, I, I could kind of use my gut instinct, my intuition to feel certain things. It's, it's, it's so different when you're working with the brain versus anything else, what I've noticed. And it takes a special person, especially after brain surgery, sometimes that person's never the same. You have to be there for the patient, of course, but you really have to be there for the family because it can be so sudden. One day they're fine. The next day they find out they have a brain tumor or they've had a massive stroke. It, it's tough. It's, it's hard, but some hospitals do it really well. But I feel like as a nurse, you have to be tough to do it, but you also have to really have a passion for it because it, it, it can be really tough and it can be really sad, but it can also be really rewarding all at the same time. So I think you just summarized nursing. <laughs> can we shift? Yeah. Because now I'm even more curious. What was it that happened in your life that made everything different from one day to the next? Back when I was working at that facility in Napa, I'd gone to a few workshops with my aunt and I'd learned how my thoughts were creating my reality and just being aware of them. And because I, I felt connecting with my patients was what made my job so great. And I remember being at work one day and just trying it out because you can get to work and you can be like, I'm going to have a great day. And then something little happens and you're like, oh my God, I have 50 things to do. And you're, you're in the room with the patient. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in the room and I'm going to be completely present. I'm not going to worry about all the other meds I have to pass on my other five patients. I'm just going to be there and be present and, and listen. And, and so I literally tried that out. And when I tell you my entire day was calm and I wasn't stressed, I wasn't running around like a crazy person. Like, I noticed my call lights were less when I was like, there in the moment, finishing, giving my all to that patient. My whole day went smoother. When I feel like I'm going through the motions, I feel like, okay, just get back to that place. And that's where you find connection. That's where you find like, okay, this is what I meant to do. And I felt like at that point I'd been a nurse three, four years. I was like, this is what I meant to do. I still remember the lady to this day, we had like such a great day together and she was going through so much. I mean, she was essentially dying and I'll never forget her. That was a big shift for me knowing that from moment to moment, I can change. Like, I don't have to be stressed. I can come back into the present moment and I can have that connection and my day can get better. I'm not stuck, if that makes sense. Yeah. What did you think when you were on a shift and you were in a more present state and you saw everybody else running around with their hair on fire? Did you want to share? Like or did your presence seem to make every, you saw yeah. less people running around with their hair on fire? That's well, I can remember having a nursing student and it had been a couple of weeks since I had been practicing this. She was like, wow. She was like, you're very calm. When I first became a nurse, some people would look at me and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. What do you mean? <laughs> but I know I probably had like a panic look on my face and I was like, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. This is just how I look. And they were like, okay. <laughs> So I think for her to see it, because even in nursing school, you're stressed, you have no idea what you're doing. But yeah, I don't know that other nurses really noticed it, but yeah, I, I, I shared it with everyone that I knew. 
I'm sure you've heard this before, but like becoming an observer of my thoughts, trying to put it in like simplest way for my friends, just seeing them suffering in a sense. I feel like I've passed along and helped some of my friends in that sense. Some days I'm still like in my head, but it's like realizing that that's where I'm at. It's okay. I'm like, okay, today I'm going to be in my head and that's okay. But I think being able to recognize that was like huge for me that, you know, old thought coming in and not taking it and going down the rabbit hole has been huge for me. It's it's like one half of your life is BST before seeing thought. The next half of your life, whenever that happens is after us, AST, BST, AST. (laughs) And your life is never the same because once you become, once the witness of thought is born, your life is never the same because like you said, you might have a really shitty day. Your, your level of shit might be just as intense as BST (laughs) days, but in AST, you know where the shit's coming from. It's coming from you. It's not yeah. coming from outside of you. It's right. coming from you and it, it unplugs it from mm-hmm. whatever power yeah. source. Cause it's you. I mean, you can like contemplate your whole life when you're in that state of mind and I've done it. And, and it's funny. Cause like, you, I can go back and pinpoint certain moments. I was like, Oh, I was just tired, but I, this thought must mean something. I must need to change my whole trajectory of my life now, be, but no, I just needed to get like a good night's sleep. And then I'm like, back to (laughs) first day yeah (laughs) I think about how some people especially with patients how they live they're either living in the past but they're living in that anxious state you know and they're feeling like I can't get out of this I can't get out of it and like how long is this going to last and my health has to change my environment has to change some circumstance has to change when all of it is is the way you're thinking about it yeah yeah and I think that's huge in healthcare. You're married to their diagnosis. You see that all the time where it just kind of becomes who they are. And it's, and sometimes you wish you could just be like, you know, that's not, that's not who you are. I have said that to a patient before after AST AST, and they're like, (laughs) they're like, what do you mean? I'm not broken. (laughs) Like you're okay. Talk about what this has done because we've talked to a lot of nurses lately and young nurse, you know, like, well, like yourself who've been in and, and, and starting to see like, okay, this doesn't quite fit with what I thought for myself and how I can be the best expression of myself in this industry or whatever. Do I belong in this industry or another one, or how can I be different within healthcare to use the best of my abilities? Talk about AST, right? So I would say before seeing thought, when you're a nurse and you're burnt out and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of this situation. It's never going to get better. I have to change my situation, my circumstance, my environment, because it's the environment and circumstance that's making me feel so burnt out. Versus when you see AST, you're in that same circumstance, but you know it's coming from how you're thinking about it and you learn to be different within it, right? So it's- And then from that place, instead of, I have to get out of here to escape it, it's, I have to get out of here because it's not the best expression of me within it. Or it seems like with Mackenzie, and Mackenzie, tell me if I'm wrong, but we got in in touch with you because you were curious about integrative and functional medicine. And and you said on our call, like, I don't want to leave nursing, but somehow I want to integrate this into it 
because I feel like I'm passing patients through. So I think in conjunction or combined with AST, is that kind of what, where you were going when you reached out? Yeah, definitely. The foundation that I'm getting in Western medicine right now is great. And I think it's what I needed. I've learned so much I was saying the patients get this diagnosis and they're treated out of some sort of algorithm. The doctor knows, and they're never seen as a whole person. You have all these different consults of different doctors working with them. And I feel like I'm just passing medications. I'm just treating symptoms. And like, I guess for me, that's not really how I look at my own body. And if I was hospitalized, like I, I would want to take a different approach. It, it's hard sometimes because patients do ask you for opinions. And I feel like patients get this diagnosis. They go through Western medicine and they just think that it's just one way to get better. And I just don't really see them truly getting better. So for me, I love making the connections with my patients and I feel like I'm really helping them. Not, not always, no. And so that's where I knew for me, looking at the whole body, so interesting to me. And I think if some patients get the advice from their doctor and that's the end all be all. To answer your question, I do maybe want to leave Western medicine altogether and try something new. I well, it's, it's clearly from what you're saying, it's clearly a running towards something and not running away from something. Yeah. And so like exciting to start opening up drawers and seeing what's in there. And there's so many ways to heal that it'll be really fun to see where your inclination and intuitions lead you. I think patients are open to it too. Maybe more than we would think, you know, and I also love the picture you painted with I wouldn't take this. I wouldn't put this in my body. And here are patients asking me about it. And I'm like, how out of integrity does that feel when you're like, no, I wouldn't take this yeah. shit. <laughs> but here, your doctor prescribed it for you. You can't lie. You know, when, 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 you, when you see that, it feels so dissonant in your nervous system to give something to somebody, at least without them having a fully informed decision about what it is, because ultimately they might make a different decision than you, but you know, they're only getting one side and that hurts. Like Antra, Antra's, I've watched her patient advocacy business because when we first get into it, you know, we're taught, you know, meet the patient where they're at, let them define their fine. You know, if they want to do fully woo woo, energetic, integrative medicine and, and screw the conventional system. Great. If they want to go purely conventional, great, but let them make a fully informed decision of all their options. And that's fine for a while. You feel that feels an integrity because you're still learning them yourself. But then at some certain point, you're so far, I wouldn't do that with the conventional medicine model only. And your patient decides that that's all they want to do. And there comes a point where you can't do that either because there's a dissonance, a discord. And then you're wondering, I don't know if I can do this patient advocacy thing anymore because I really want to tell people who want to do it like me what their options are. And you have to allow for that evolution and you'll know it when it's time to go away from what you're doing. Right, Antra? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's definitely friction. But I mean, I can tell with you there's friction right now right? Because you, you, you said it. And these other nurses, younger nurses we've talked to, same thing. I'm just pe passing people through. That's friction, right? Yeah. There's some sort of cognitive dissonance in the fact that you know that you're treating a symptom that's probably be a revolving door. 
You see it all the time, patients coming back and they're worse. Or sometimes I think I'm giving these patients like 10 to 12 pills a morning. You see more patients with autoimmune diseases and where like that's your body telling you something is, you know, really wrong, but the way that conventional medicine handles that you're just put on more pills. And, and I just feel like some patients are just on too many pills and that that's why they're even sicker. It's, it's, and it's just like, for me, the most discouraging, either you see them get sicker and you see them just continually back in the hospital. And I, I, I just don't feel like there's a better way and these patients aren't getting that and I can't do anything about it. So it, it's discouraging, definitely, because you get into this field to really help people, but there has to be other ways these patients can get better. Do you, you, know? you think, do you think that the, the doctors, there are doctors that feel that way too? Oh yeah, definitely. You do? Definitely. At this current hospital, they have some osteopathic doctors who will come in and help patients with like aches and pains. And in a sense, it's not necessarily healing touch, but they do muscle manipulation. And even that I had never seen in a hospital setting. And I was just like, this is amazing. And you can tell these doctors are, are different than your like hospitalist. I don't know them personally, yeah. but they just seem different. Um, and patients love that. It's like a massage. And I think this hospital too has Reiki and not that you see it very often, but like even just to see that in a hospital, you know, has been pretty, it's, it's being offered. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's so much opportunity in the way we teach nurses and doctors as students to integrate this stuff into, into the curriculum, but it feels so slow. Like molasses. I think it can, <laughs> it, it can be as fast as AST changes your shift. <laughs> I know. Totally. It can be. It's just if more people. I know, I know. You know, and I think as people yeah. like Mackenzie who are going to be able to articulate AST, if you can see your thoughts and it can change how your shift goes, even affect manifest lower call lights, a more peaceful unit there's something quantum and see, I would like to get really good at explaining the science to bring it, to ground it in science and not nebulous woo woo stuff. So people can right. really see it because I've seen it. You've seen it work in a hospital environment. I've seen it work in a person's environment, my own first. I told you about that story and you can be cured without being healed. And if that happens, you're going to need to be cured again, as in something right. cut out, something, whatever, as Andra can attest you, but you can also be healed without being cured, but often being healed. And I mean that from a energetic spiritual place, the cure is downstream effect of being healed. So take autoimmune. I've worked with a lot of people. And if your internal <laughs> environment, if there's something about you, that's attacking yourself all the time. I'm not mm -hmm. good enough. I can't keep up. I'm not who the world says I ought to be, you know, whatever. Well, your body's on your side all the time. It's going to take your messages and it's going to attack you. You're telling yourself that you're a danger, that you're something, you know, something in you and your body's immune system goes, right, <laughs> sir. Yes, yeah. sir. We'll get rid of this. But I've seen that turn around too. When someone saw AST after seeing thought, oh my gosh, I don't have to feel like this. Oh my gosh, I'm seeing those thoughts. So I'm attacking myself. 
and it's actually not even me. It's my mother's voice, you know, or it's my pastor's voice, or it's my culture's voice that's attacking me. And their, their autoimmune disease goes away, or at least improves. Right. To me, that's kind of the future of everything. Now, AST fixes not only the healthcare system in general, but also our human systems. And I want to be part of what's upstream and changing people's internal environments, because you just do that and everything else quant- on a quantum level, everything else will change. Yeah. And I saw it in my, in myself too. Like when you understand that you made truths about yourself, when you can understand that it just falls away and it doesn't feel real anymore. I mean, that was huge for me. Certain things I used to think about myself. It's like when you see that it's just a thought that you somehow made into this big thing. I mean, it, it's huge. Like tell I mean, us think one. about, tell us one. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good question. I know. I did a workshop about dating and one was that I don't like dating, that I'm bad at dating. And I had so much anxiety and stress around dating and realizing that all of that was just thought because I was so great at connecting with people. But then when it came to dating, I, I was like, why can't I connect? Why can I connect? But I was in my head the whole time. How could you connect with someone who's like living in their head? They're not in the present moment with this person. So that was huge for me this false premises that we have of ourselves. I'm 52 and I got some walls that have been built around false premise. And it's interesting to hear you, you know, you're probably 20 years younger than I am to say, and it just falls away. And I wonder pathways that we build around those premises. Like I, I have found that to be true too, that this stuff does fall away. Some that have, have for me, I think been from the very beginning, from when I was in my mother's womb and seeing it and knowing that it's thought and that I don't have to take it as personally, I don't have to trust it, all of this. But and it goes back to what Karen was saying, is this idea that once those false premises, once you can see them, once you know where insecurity is coming from or, you know, whatever it is, and it sort of relaxes its grip. And you get to be more of who you are, you feel more centered. And not only that, but you get to be more of who you are and you love who you are. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest gift, right? And the upstream is like, that's what I want people to know. I mean, Karen and I have been having this conversation with everybody and it's just been so kind of natural. It hasn't even been planned, right, Karen? When you see that's all that's going on, as I think we saw recently Mackenzie here we go taking it over again it was it was like but it was like four four conversations ago where I saw I don't know if it was we had this quarterly team meeting for our Renegade you know it was like this big meeting I'm like oh my gosh I want to be part of the thing that changes the people on the inside because that'll change everything on the outside oh my gosh <laughs> and now that's like feels like that's all we talk about because it because it makes it so simple it seems like such a huge thing to move this big ingrained sacred cow corpse thing <laughs> like i gotta change this and how the doctors think in the medicine and it's like it moves so slow but it happens like that as you've seen yeah it happens like that ast <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I do. <laughs> Dr. Team Pot. That's brilliant, Karen. She just made that up, by the way. We haven't heard this before. 
<laughs> so that seems like that has been a huge shift for you. I, I want to know how you see what you're naturally good at. Like, what are your natural talents? I'm good at, you know, whether I'm in a room with family, friends, or with my patient, like, I feel like I can kind of sense the energy in the room and I can sense what the patient needs and, and I can just be there. I, I hope that I am making people feel comfortable in my presence and not feeling judged. I'm not the best listener, but I'm working on that. That's one of my big things this year is just being a better listener. Yeah. And I think I have, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm loving. I have a lot of love to give, you know, I've, I have great, I have a great family, great, great parents. So, you know, I had a childhood just full of so much love. So I feel like I have a lot to give. So Mackenzie, it sounds like you want to still continue to work with patients. Your focus, I get a little bit of this AST and I get some of this energetic stuff is really curious for you. I love herbs and I love Chinese medicine. That's also been something that I would love to study. I take herbs every day and they've really helped me with different ailments. What do you mean by herbs? What do you, like, what, what does that mean? Are, are you taking natural pathic supplements? Are you actually like, taking, take, like what's herbs? They're, well, they're like prescribed through an herbalist. So they're Chinese herbs. Okay. Um, but you know, I've taken them for so many different things. Like I, I have really bad knees and I've been taking them now to help get the swelling out of my knees. I do acupuncture probably once or twice a week, but right now I feel like I'm being more pulled to like integrating this somehow into the current system and helping those patients, especially just helping them maybe feel like, the, okay, there could be another way along with this. You don't have to just go like the woo-woo way because you can integrate everything. Why don't you start by sharing how nurses may be in the same boat, young ones, ones thinking of making a shift. Would you be willing to have conversations with them? Like you have your friends and colleagues and oh, definitely tell them yeah. what you've seen. Because yes. maybe sharing with them and them sharing with you, you'll get more refined about what you're supposed to do next. Yeah, because yeah, I know there has to be other nurses out there that are thinking like me and don't want to completely abandon ship. I'm volunteering right. you to be a coach. No, no. <laughs> like, okay. Sure. I know. Yes. Take I know. the pin out. I, just I, say I, it. I have to take the pin out. Okay. So I, Barb and I have been talking um, about creating some content around something for systems, for healthcare systems, whether it's for- For the folks at home, Barb is Mackenzie's aunt. And Barb is a pretty prolific teacher in this idea of BST and AST. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so whether it's for systems, for healthcare workers or patients, some, she really was curious about online kind of self-study stuff that she could create. But she wants to do it with myself and Karen. And on our walk the other day, we were like, and Mackenzie. Like, so cool to do sort of program around it and combine it, put, you know, put Renegade on it, put her, you know, but like make it, you know, worth CEs for people. And so anyways, I just think it, it seems like, again, like this conversation is so funny to me because it just feels like it got dropped in my lap. Like, oh my gosh, like here are two people who have some really profound experiences around this. I mean, for you and being at the bedside and seeing this, I was already out of the system before I saw any of this. And Barb's just got 
gobs of experience care. So I just think it might be something we should explore. Oh, totally. Totally. I think it would help with nursing burnout too. Because we say there's going to be like mass exodus. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening already. There has to be something that can change because I do think there's so many like-minded people like myself who have gone into nursing because they want to make a difference. They really want to help people. That's essentially their purpose. Well, they don't do it to make money. No. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's a good career for something stable. You can always make a living, but they don't get, do it to get rich, you know? There's really nothing in the system. Like I can't even now after being out of the system, there's just still nothing really about the role of thought in our lives and how that impacts us. And I think that's so curious that there's not. Well, it's like BST is the disease, like HPV, but BST. (laughs) (laughs) Here here we go. (laughs) And, And the vaccine is a program like that. I mean, you inoculate people against once you show them you can't go back can't put the toothpaste back in the tube you know so that wouldn't that be the coolest thing to start Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. the vaccine is the the teaching and Mm -hmm. to make a program and get it into hospitals this has been such a great conversation i just think it's so cool that you are where you are in your career that you are who you are that you're seeing all this stuff around you know what really does help patients because you know Karen and nurses yeah nurses we're planting seeds all over the place but you're the one that's going to be tending the garden in the next 20 30 40 years right because you got a lot of career left i do yeah yeah i just think it's super cool Mm -hmm. that so many young nurses i think are are not seeing quite the depth yet that you have but i'm just passing people through the system and they want yeah and they want to yeah they want to see so it's okay so we're volunteering you to practice being a coach and mentor for nurses. <laughs> yeah. So since we're volunteering you, how can they get a hold of you? Um, so any nurse listening to this and is just like, I want some of what, wh- where's uh, the pill she swallowed? I want some of what she's got. Give them your email or somewhere okay. they can contact you. And then you can yes. decide whether okay. or not to give out yeah. a phone number yeah, or something true. like that. <laughs> yeah. So my email is Mackenzie Young. It's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, Mackenzie Young 02 at gmail.com. All word. one, like all one word, Mackenzie yeah. Young 02 at gmail.com. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Mackenzie. That was Thank a, you guys. awesome podcast. Love awesome. having you on. Renegades. <laughs>